What's up, friends? Welcome to Peloton. We always work this hard because we are Peloton, and together we go far. Remember, you are not alone. I'm right there with you. Progress, not perfection. You've done the hardest part. This is Peloton. Hey, everybody, what's up? I am Tunde Oyunane, and welcome, welcome, welcome to Fitness Flipped, a Peloton Studios original. It's the show all about flipping the script on the things we think we know about fitness. Today, we're talking about how rest and recovery are essential to being strong for the long haul. I have no clue where time went, but we have somehow made it to the last week of this season. Now, before I get the much-needed rest that I need on my end of the microphone here, we thought it made sense to dive into rest and recovery with you today. I think about rest and the lack of rest in my life. And sometimes I wonder, is it productivity culture? Is it hustle culture? Is it just modern life and the way things are? I live in this world of telling myself that the most successful people are successful because they use every square inch of time. And that's just not true. We all need to rest. We need rest, and not just because resting makes us more productive, but rather because ultimately rest and recovery are essential to being human and being strong. Did you know that human beings are the only mammals that delay sleep on purpose? It's almost like all of the other mammals are like, I'm tired, and so now I will sleep. Or, I need rest to survive and to be strong. But then humans come along and we're like, but what about my phone? Or what about working? Or what about responding to that text and all of the other nonsense? So while I've just admitted that I'm not the best when it comes to allowing my body to sleep, which I'm working on it, I'm taking notes today, I I do allow my body the time it needs to recover from a workout, whether that's a proper cool down, whether that's scheduling in low impact workouts, such as a low impact ride, really giving my body the opportunity to refuel. I I say it often in class, you are only as strong as your last recovery. You wanna go hard tomorrow, you wanna PR tomorrow, you wanna push hard tomorrow, you wanna max out tomorrow. All of that is contingent on the recovery that you are willing to give yourself today. And please let me not paint the picture that all things are perfect on this side of the track. I've been very vulnerable this season and I will share with you here. Like I have to give myself reminders to not push too hard, to not overextend myself physically and mentally. When I push too hard, I'm not as sharp. I'm physically fatigued, and honestly, I'm no good for anybody. Like, Tunde that operates on no rest, I wouldn't invite her to a dinner party. She's no fun to be around, and so when I hit that version of myself, I recognize it. I think the work here is recognizing it before it's too late, recognizing it before I've already hit my burnout point. 
So here's what's happening on today's episode of Fitness Flipped. First, we're talking to a psychiatrist whose focus is on women's mental health. And then we're talking to a legend, TV show and podcast host and overall king, the Bronx's own Jesus Nice. Let's get into it. Our expert today is Dr. Pooja Lakshman. Dr. Lakshman is a board-certified psychiatrist, author, and New York Times contributor specializing in women's mental health with a focus on how broken systems impact women's emotional lives. She's also a member of Peloton's Health and Wellness Advisory Council. In 2020, Dr. Lakshman founded Gemma, a digital education platform dedicated exclusively to women's mental health. I had to ask Dr. Lakshman, how do we define rest? What is the working definition? So when I think about rest, I really try and remind myself, how do I remember how to be a human being versus being a human doing? And, you know, like everybody else, I spend so much of my day running around from task to task, getting things done, taking care of people in my lives. For me, rest is what happens when I disconnect from that productivity mindset, from that performance mindset. You know, if we're thinking about fitness and if we're just thinking about life, you know, rest is what you're doing when you're not goal oriented, when you're just letting yourself pause, letting yourself take space, letting yourself be. For me, that's rest. When we're thinking about true rest, real rest, as a psychiatrist, of course, I think about the brain. I think about the difference between the thinking brain, you know, the part of our brain that's constantly solving problems, coming up with strategies, making plans. And then I think about our feeling brain. Our feeling brain is the parts of the brain that allow us to feel sensation, whether that's joy or excitement or sadness or anger. And for me, as a psychiatrist, rest is all about getting into that feeling brain, actually, because the feeling brain is not goal-oriented anymore. You're not trying to achieve a specific task. You're just being with yourself in the moment. And the research supports that people who have access to their feeling brains, people who are able to develop authentic relationships with themselves and with others, do better in life. They're happier. Their their well-being scores are higher, right? So I think of rest. I know, you know, rest is not a productivity tool, but if you need some incentive to give yourself permission to rest, knowing that it actually makes your brain healthier can be a great carrot to use. Anything that we can do to get into our senses, get into our physical body, is going to be really helpful for cultivating that state of rest. So really, it's a matter of finding what type of practices work for you. For some folks, it it might be working out. For other folks, it might be something that looks more like stretching or yoga or even just going for a walk or listening to music or taking a warm bath, anything that has you paying attention to and feeling your body helps you activate those feeling centers in the brain. Um, What I see in my practice is people have less trouble once they're 
in those states. The hard part is the decision point of disconnecting yourself from the technology, from whatever you're doing, and actually saying, okay, I'm going to make a clear choice right now to go take a walk, to listen to music, to do whatever it is that you know is going to feel good. Sometimes we have to sort of trick ourselves into resting because there's so much conditioning to keep us tied to that productivity mindset. Thinking about how to be a human being, not a human doing. But, you know, oftentimes I think about uh, meditating. You meditate and you're sitting there and you're like, am I meditating? I'm doing it wrong. And then you're thinking to yourself, ah, I'm not actually meditating. And then you, you get mad at yourself for not meditating, right? Dr. Chelsea Jackson Roberts tries to call me about this ongoing internal debate all the time. But then that brings me back to this. How do we make resting feel like it's not another daunting thing to do on the never-ending to-do list? One of the reframes that I like to use when I'm talking to myself and when I'm talking to my patients is reframing rest as resistance, you know, reframing rest as something that you're doing to take your power back, to take your energy back, to take your attention back from all of these oppressive systems that we live inside, whether that's capitalism or whether that's racism or whether that's patriarchy, right? We live in this world that's sort of pushing us constantly to be producing and to be proving our worth externally. And when you say to yourself, hey, wait, I'm going to just let myself be. I'm going to be curious about my body. I'm going to be curious about my mind. And I'm going to ask myself, well, what do I really want right now? What do I really need right now? And that looks different, right? That could be a nap. That could be getting up from your computer and going for a walk around the block, That could be deciding you're not going to respond to that text. It looks different depending on the context and depending on the situation. But in each of those cases, it is a form of resistance. It is you as an individual kind of pushing back and saying, hey, wait, I'm the one who's in charge of how I spend my time. I'm the one who's in charge of how I give my energy. Understanding that rest is not weakness, Rest is actually strength. And and so look, like this is hard because this really means that you're having to unwind the years and decades and centuries of conditioning that we've all lived in. You know, this is this is paradoxical because our culture, the narrative is really that stepping back, being less productive is weakness. That's the cultural narrative. So for you to push back on that is really powerful and it is hard. So when you find yourself in that mindset of turning rest into another productivity target or another tool to prove your self-worth, I think it's really important to lean on that mindset of resistance and understanding that this is you, your personal action that can actually fight back against a system that's working against you. Rest is not weakness. It's actually strength. Resist. I think so often we overcompensate when we're not resting, almost as if we are punishing ourselves for the rest that we did take. 
because we associate the moments that we pause to take a low-impact ride or the days that we say we'll take a 10-minute cool-down instead of a 10-minute Tabata. The strength there is that we've actually given ourselves this time to recover. So when we are ready to jump back in, we don't have to throw ourselves back in, but rather take it step by step. It's our last week of the season, and so we had to close out with a banger. Today we have one of the most prolific entertainers out there. He's a host, a writer, and a cultural commentator. You guys, he also happens to be one of the biggest Peloton super fans out there. Jesus Nice, a.k.a. Daniel Baker, a.k.a. the Bronx Celine Dion, a.k.a. the host of the hit TV show Jesus and Marrow on Showtime. He's a New York Times best-selling author. Jesus is a Bronx native known for being so fast, so funny, and so, so on it. Recently, Jesus has been talking a lot about his mental health and the pitfalls of hustle culture. Jesus, welcome to the podcast. Hi, thank you. We are talking about rest. And I know that a lot of times on social media, you're on there, I'll say ranting and raving about your past jobs. Essentially, that's what led to the Bodega Boys podcast and everything that's come after. What are some of your hardest jobs? Okay, well, you know, we're both immigrant children, so we've both had a million jobs in the world. I have literally had every possible job you can have as a New Yorker, but the hardest job I ever had was at one point I had to collect dead rats inside a a mechanic shop. And it was in the middle of the summer. And the way I would find the rats is the smell because the exterminator came the week before and fed poison. So I had to go underneath cars, put them into a bucket and then put the bucket in the used motor oil after the oil changes. And that thankfully led to this, I think. I'm speechless. I I was just like, I guess this is my job. You know, that's one of the things about having our work ethic. Like, someone tells you to do something, you just do it. So right. I was the best rat catcher in New York City for hey. about two months. And you know what? Months. Your parents are Jamaican. My parents were Nigerian. Yes. And yeah, there's mm-hmm. one thing an immigrant parent will tell you. It's like, you go in there and you be the best damn rat shooer awayer there ever was. You exactly. go tell them rats to leave and you be the best at it. I woke up every morning like, yo, let's get at these rats. Let's go. <laughs> let's get at these I'm just throwing powder in the air like LeBron before I'm picking up the rats. <laughs> I love it. Would you consider you, I mean, let's go back to the, being a child of, of immigrant parents. I assume then you are a hard worker. Do you consider yourself a hard worker? You know, I am a hard worker, but uh, Actually, probably to the detriment of myself. There's been times hmm. where I've needed to stop and really see what I'm doing, see why I'm doing it. And was I doing it for myself or was it trying to, like, make other people happy or just, like, you know, keep the peace in environments and something? And that's being a hard worker. You know, you're like, I always would come into the room like, yo, I'm a hard worker. I'm a hard worker. I'm a hard worker. But then I'd go home and it's just like, what have I left for myself? Have I burned myself out because I'm just showing up? all the time I'm always punctual I'm always giving a thousand percent when I'm performing and it's just like you have to find this balance in your life because being a hard worker can't be a personality type it has Mm. to be part of a more enriched individual you know it has to be part of you not all of you Mm, I feel that I mean as an athlete it's like I'm competitive by nature 
I mm-hmm. have the mentality of wanting to be good at everything I do, yes. the best. While I think that that can drive you towards the greatest version of yourself, I also think that sometimes the hustle and grind culture can be glorified. Exactly. Yeah. It's like there's those famous tweets that people used to do. It's like, while they sleep, we grind. And Mm. that sounds great in theory. That's not a way you can live your life. You can't constantly just be working all the time. You can't constantly just be burning yourself out trying to, like, just work like that. Like, you have to find time to just, like, you know, talk to yourself and see what's going on with your body and just, like, not burn yourself out. Because I used to work at nightclubs. There were times where I would work three days in a row. And it's just like, that seemed great at the time. But, you know, that that messed up my sleep cycle, that broke up relationships, mm. things like that. You have to really look at the big picture about the grind culture because it's called grind for a reason. It's like, mm. when you make coffee, you grind down the beans, but there's no beans left when you're done. You know what wow. I mean? Like, you have to look at it. You have to look at it in perspective. With that being said, what does rest look like for you? Oh, you know what? I used to think rest was just come home just uh, drink a beer and watch The Office on TV, Hmm. which for some people that is. But for me, rest is just basically doing pretty much the opposite of working, the intensity of working. So for me, rest might be coming home, doing the Peloton, uh, doing one of your classes, maybe definitely doing some yoga, Mm -hmm. uh, which I would not do if I didn't have the app. Hanging out with my friends, playing with my pets, just uh, talking to my family members. It's not about just being sedate or just being on the couch. It's more about bringing down your anxiety and bringing down, like, just doing things that make you relax and you don't have to be in survival mode and being around people that love you. So that's what rest means to me. And, like, definitely because of the pandemic and stuff, you really, it's really put things in perspective and you realize what's important and what's not important. Right. So definitely trying to make the most of that. Okay, so I we both mentioned earlier that we are um, both, Children of immigrants. Um, My parents were incredibly hard workers. They both worked two jobs. My mother specifically worked the night shift so that she could send us to school, tell us to go buy on the bus, and then she'd be home when we got home. She'd have food ready for us, and then she'd jet. Then a couple hours passed, my dad would come Mm -hmm. home. So they had their system down. Same life, yes. They always worked. Mm-hmm. They never rested. I don't even know if they knew what retirement was. Like, that was a thing, right? Yes. I just, I never saw people settled. I never saw people resting. When you have these ideas of rest, because you're talking about rest now and how you don't want to grind those coffee beans down, what do your parents, like, if you're like, oh, I need a vacation, what would your parents say if you said you need a vacation? You know what? It's, it's so interesting because, like, I was thinking the other day, I've never saw my parents just stop and take a nap hmm. in my whole life. Like, they were always grinding. They were either going to work or, like, because, you know, it was, like, four kids. So it was keeping the house. My mother, God bless her, making dinner every day, coming home from work and doing that. My father working, being a landlord in the daytime and then going to a bank job at night. And I never saw them, like, uh, just take a break. I even spoke to my sister about this recently. We had to learn how to just take time for yourself and just relax. Because I spoke to my father at one point, and I was just like, when are you going to retire? And he was like... I love working and I would like to die while I'm working. And I was like, okay, first of all, that's very dark. But secondly, I was like, there's got to be a better way, man. You work so hard. You came from another country. You've just been grinding for years in America. Do you not want to take some time for yourself? And like, he's actually coming around on it because he's at the point now where it's just Mm. like, let me take some time and enjoy my grandchildren. Mm. You know, it's that kind of thing where, you know, like to see them come around now 
it's different because that was not anything we were raising. Like, you didn't have any days off. I knew on Saturday morning there was going to be that chore list on top of the fridge, and you had to find out what rooms you had to clean or if you had to do the leaves and all that. There was no days off. So having to learn how to take days off and take time for yourself is definitely a struggle, but it's like something I'm coming around on. Uh, You know, I'm saying it's this immigrant thing. It could very well be like a generational thing as well. Probably. Um, Yeah, Yeah. so that's interesting that your your parents are coming around now. Is this a new thing for them? Do you think it has anything to do with the pandemic and realizing life is so short? Absolutely. I think basically no one is the same person we were two years ago. You know, like... I lost a family member because of Mm. COVID. So that definitely makes you realize how short life is to appreciate what you have. Two years ago, we were just all hunky-dory, just running around, no masks, you know, just chilling. Now we got to get, like, vaccines, and we're just trying to figure out how to maneuver it every day on, like, a daily basis. And it's just like, if we don't take time for ourselves, we're going to burn out. And that's what... That's where we're at with life right now. I definitely see a change in myself and my family members because we weren't the most affectionate people two years ago. Mm. But now it's just like we're trying, you know, like try more hugs, more I miss you, I love you, all that stuff. And that's definitely realizing how short life is because more of the hugs, pandemic. More I love yous. I relate to that. And you know, you know, you, no. you when I hug my parents, you can feel them cringe, but they're trying to come around on <laughs> My it. mom was good at it. My dad was, my dad was not. My dad was like, ah, get off me. But, yes. but I knew that he loved it. He like secretly loved it, yes. but he couldn't show that he loved it. Let's talk about yeah. your sneaker collection for a second because it's, I, I was going to say impressive, but your sneaker collection, I would say, is offensive. Uh, talk to it us is. about the visceral reaction and the joy that consumes your spirit uh, when you add to your collection. Listen, first of all, uh, shout out to my mother who constantly makes the same joke. Are you opening a footlocker? Every time she sees my sneaker collection, you know, that West Indian humor. But no, um, you know what it was? Growing up, I never had sneakers. Like, again, West Indian. Like, I'm, your parents would buy you one you pair of sneakers. You got one pair for the whole, for the whole like, year. Yeah, you know yes. the vibes. And then so, they tell you about how they only had one uniform and one shoe. And they would wear that for a year, right? Exactly. And then they walked up the hill in snow yes. to school. And I was like, in Jamaica? With water but that's on either your head. here or there. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> so there was always this one kid named Robert, and his mother would always make sure he got whatever pair of Jordans the day they came out. Oh, Robert. So he would come to school late with the brand new pair of Jordans Not and just late. flex on all of us. He'd come in like fourth period, just showing the new Jordans every time. Every time. Wait, this can't be and real. You just made Robert up. Robert is real. Robert from Gun Hill Projects. He's out there somewhere. but um, <laughs> Still showing up late when new kicks still on. Still showing up. And I just remember that as a kid. And I was just, and I remember when I got my first pair of Jordans, they were at Models. They were a half size too small for me. But I was like, you know what? I'm going to let my feet hurt and wear these because I'm going to try to flex them at school. And some kid was like, yo, those are last season's Jordans. And I was like, wow, way to blow my bubble. But when I get the sneakers now, like it's definitely... Uh, for young Jesus, uh, it's the when I open it, that's the feeling. Mm-hmm. When I that initial opening the box and just opening them and just looking at them, and I just remember wanting that when I was younger. And the idea that I can do that now is an amazing feeling. And then it's just like going into uh, what the modified sneaker room I have now, just looking around and just seeing like I just stop and think. I'm like, yo, I worked hard for this. So that's like a reminder. Of the journey and just mm. what, what I've been doing. And it's also, it's a lot of fun. And it's cool. And it's a cool flex. Like you saw in the back of the Zooms, changing them on the show. That was a little obnoxious, but uh, you know what? I'll stand by it. 
My salsa dancing is your your sneaker feel. Phil. Exactly. Yeah. You have to find one thing that makes you happy and just go with it. Hey, and then we found it. Let's hold on to it. Mm-hmm. Okay, so this is the last week of season one of Fitness Flow, the Peloton podcast. I don't know how we got here already, but I'll say since day one, we've been talking about this idea of self-care versus community care. My idea is that you can't fully care for yourself without caring for your community. I think that you can't fully dream for yourself without dreaming for your community, meaning my dreams impact my friends, my family, my dreams influence my community. Um, Mm -hmm. I'll say being a black woman in this space, what I dream for myself has the potential to open doors and uplift Mm -hmm. other women, up other black women. And so I can't fully, fully dream without fully dreaming for my community. I, this idea of rest and self-care and community care. I think that as a public figure, when you are vocal about this idea of not grinding the coffee beans down, I love that. I think that you are then giving license to the people on your team, the people who follow you, that it's okay to take time. Like what we weren't shown basically by our parents, basically. Yes. Oh, absolutely. No, I know I have a huge platform. I have a million followers on Twitter, which is like wild. Wow. But, like, I'm aware of what I put out there. And, like, I know, um, like, when I put stuff about mental health or, like, taking time for yourself, sometimes it's weird because that's, like, it seems out of character for me. But if you followed my journey on Twitter, you can see I've lived a wild life. And I'm at a part now where I don't want to be living a wild life anymore. So, like, I try to put out positive messages like that about self-care and rest and things like that just so people don't feel weird doing them. And especially in the black community, you know, therapy, we're like, whoa, especially black men, we don't do that. So, you know, just trying to normalize it and be like, yo, it's okay to get help for things or to take time out for yourself or just little things. Like, it's okay to put on cuticle oil. There's nothing wrong with Hmm. that. But just the little things... And, like, I just hope that me imparting this will help other people be like, yo, if Jesus could do that, I can do that. Because sometimes I get DMs from people and they're like, yo, you posting about, like, mental stuff you're going through, that makes me more comfortable talking about it. Or, like, you talking about, yo, you you felt burned out at this time and you're taking this break. Like, now I feel like I'm able to talk about this to the person I'm with. So it's like little things like that. I'm doing it for myself, but at the same time, I'm also doing it for other people because, I mean, like you said, we're building a community and it, you can't do this alone. Mm-hmm. So if you can impart some knowledge to the next person, they can impart it to the next person. And hopefully we all get through this. I want to talk about, I want to circle back to rest for a moment. I want to talk about this idea of restorative rest. When I think of this idea of restorative rest, I think of like replenishing as you're going, replenishing Mm -hmm. as you're going rather than waiting for the battery to die. It's the idea of charging while you still have juice. And in my low impact classes, I always make this analogy. I say that when our smartphones are on 10%, we run. Like, if your phone hits 10%, baby, you run. You're mm-hmm. searching. Anybody got to charge? You can be at a restaurant. You're asking the hostess. Just you ask your strangers. You ask the bartender. Can I plug it up? Why is it that when our smartphones are on 10%, we panic? But when our bodies are on 10%, we just function. Like, we don't have that same type of urgency to fill up. Rather, why even wait till we're at 10%? Why not say I'm at 78%? Let me just top it off. I'm at 85%. Let me just plug it up. Mm. I think maybe because the phone has the indicator and we don't. Ah, that's So most of us don't know when we're at 10%. Like most of us are not really in tune with our bodies and like, 
you might think you're at 78% and your body is like, fam, you're passing out on the couch when you get mm-hmm. home from work. Like, you are not taking care of yourself. You're not sleeping enough. You're not drinking enough water. But you're just like, oh, I'm good to go. I don't need to take time for myself. So I think that's an important lesson we have to learn. It's just being aware of your body and where you're at in life and just like what you need at the moment. Because like you said, the grind culture, we completely think it's normal to go to work and then just come home, pass out, and then do it again the next day mm-hmm. and just keep doing that over and over and over. You can do that. Your body is going to eventually stop. Because right. that's the one thing I've learned. It's like, well, if you don't sleep, your body is going to be like, no, we're going to sleep right now. And then you fall asleep on the train, falling on the person next to you, and they don't like that. But, you know, like, you have to take time for yourself and then also just just realize the indicators in your life that are telling you how you're at. Like, are you at 78%? Are you at 60%? Do you need to charge your phone? Do you need to turn the phone off and put it in the airplane mode? Right. And you being the phone in this metaphor where, like, you can't be dealing with other stuff. You need to take some time and just, like, recharge yourself a thousand percent. For years, um, it's one of those things where other people have to tell you, apparently I grind my teeth at night. I didn't know that. Mm. Like, apparently the stress of just life had me grinding my teeth at night. And, like, I'd wake up and my jaw would hurt. And I didn't realize, like, that was just me manifesting stress and stuff in my sleep. Because, Mm. again, if you don't take care of yourself, it's going to come out whether you want it or not. And as, you know, because of therapy, I don't do that anymore. But it's like little things like that. If you don't take time out for yourself, listen, it's going to come out. So you got to take care of yourself and rest up and just like, you know, look out for yourself. Because if you don't, you know, you only get one life and you only get one body. And you got, like you said, it's like a phone. And, you know, we love those old iPhones, but the battery ain't the same. The you know, the battery doesn't the charge up to 100% anymore. So sometimes, you know, you got to like upgrade it. And let's use this time to do that. Come analogy here we go listen listen that english degree is not for (laughs) it's not going for waste yes okay tell us about what we can look forward to next from the number one show on late night talk about coming back strong season four jesus and mero uh bigger guests like if you i mean you know we had obama on last season we had joe biden but just bigger guests bigger sketches I mean, we're just trying to make the best show possible. And what people don't realize is the show is so much fun to make. So the more fun we have making it, the more fun you're going to get on your TV. So we just, listen, every night all we want you to do is just laugh. And uh, that's another thing. A lot of people say the show is important for them for their rest. When they come home, they look at our show and that's like their kind of relaxation and thing. So that's not lost on us. Yeah. So when we're doing the show, we want you guys to laugh and just forget about what you went through the course of the day and just have half an hour of just levity and fun. And if that's part of your self-care schedule, eight. I'm happy to be there, and I hope you enjoy the show. Oh, that's so amazing. I love that. Thank you so much for, for putting good and levity out in the world for the people. Listen, that's all I'm trying to do out here, just trying to be a better person. Hey, so. hey, you and me both. Yes. Thank you so much, Jesus. Thank you so much for joining Fitness Flip today. Such a joy to have you. Thank you for having me on. This has been an honor. That's a whole word. So sometimes our work is what other people tap into for their rest and their recovery. You know, I see so many of you listening. I see so many of you with the retags, with your kids, when you're walking them and you're listening to the podcast and it's your release for the day. I think that's that's a gift. That's a gift to be someone else's recovery. And, you know, again, I think of you who's listening to this podcast on the other end where you're enjoying your rest and recovery right now. 
In many ways, you provide rest and recovery for someone else, whether that's at work, whether that's being a listening ear for a friend or the hand that stirs the pot of the warm stew for the kids. You are that in so many ways as well. You guys, it's time to tune in, turn on, and tap into Tunde's final thoughts. We can't continue to add more things to the load without managing what we've already placed on our backs. You can't keep adding and adding and adding and adding to something. There has to be a give. Yo, I'm thinking about what it feels like when I'm actually rested. When I'm actually rested, I mean, it's like the obvious things. I function at a a faster pace. My cognitive skills are better, right? That's just science. Physically, when I allow my body the rest and the recovery that it needs, I'm more equipped to handle stress. Going deeper, when I rest, I'm more whole. When I rest, I'm able to be more creative because I'm able to sit in stillness and rather than push out thought in a form of action, acting, doing, I'm able to pull in, create new ideas. I allow myself the space to evolve. I've learned so much this season. I've learned so much this season. I believe as human beings, we're more alike than we are different. And this season of Fitness Float has really um, cemented that thought for me. I think that we all internalize these ideas of other people and the way that other people are and the way that people live. And then you think about yourself and we are all so hard on ourselves. We often tend to put ourselves in this bubble of thinking that we're the only ones that manage stress, thinking that we're the only ones who deal with body image issues, that we're the only ones who compare ourselves or compete. If this season has taught me anything, it's taught me that in many ways we are all the same people. And Conversations like the conversations that we've had this season are not only healthy, but they're necessary. They're necessary because they allow us to know that we're not veering off path. We're just humans being. We're humans being. We're going to wrap up today with our weekly challenge. Now, Huddle up, listen in close. This week's challenge is to prioritize doing absolutely nothing. I mean it. Do absolutely nothing. Schedule in a rest. And honestly, if scheduling it is too much and that feels like doing something, then don't schedule it. Just rest and recover. Every single day this week, make time, find time, invent time to just rest and recover. It can be five minutes. It can be 10 minutes. It can be an entire hour. Take it. You deserve it. 
once you're rested, recovered, and feeling up to it, tell me how it went. I want to hear about it at Tune to Tune Day and at One Peloton. Hashtag fitness flipped. Fam, for even more fun challenges just like this, download the Peloton app to take all our classes. It's a great day, y'all. Go out and be great. Fitness Lift is a production of Peloton Studios. It is produced by Amy S. Choi and Rebecca Lehrer of the Mashup Americans. Our senior producer is Sarah Pellegrini. Our development producer is Alana Levinson. And our production manager is Shelby Sandlin. Fitness Flip is sound designed by Pedro Rafael Rosado. Original music composed by Jen Kwok and Jody Shelton. Special thanks to Jen Cotter, Jamie Herbert, Laura Petro, Amanda Hill, Danielle Mills, Tony Calandra, DJ John Michael, and Alexis Duncan. 